Say, appreciating your pastor. I told you something on the first Sunday that when it comes to appreciation, you need to evaluate the importance of people in your life. Then you will know what type of appreciation or what type of posture you need to take. Appreciating your pastor is one of the most difficult subjects most pastors can preach on. Amen. Because immediately people hear pastors' appreciation, they are thinking about money. Hmm. When you hear pastors' appreciation, and you, people start thinking about money. But is the money more important than the pastor? Or is the money more important than the human being? We must always look at the essence of a person above the monetary terms. So pastor's appreciation is not just about money. It is it's, it's so deep, I will not be able to finish teaching on tonight. But I trust God that the important things will come out. Amen. What you fail to appreciate would depreciate in your life. Whatever you have that you don't appreciate, it will depreciate in your life. Your pastor is a gift to you from God. It's a gift from God to you. So, I am a gift from God to you. Are you following me? I'm a gift from God to you. The value of a gift is determined by who gave it. Are you here? The value of a gift is determined by who gave it. So if your grandmother gave you a gift, a watch, I'm sure you will value that watch than a watch your friend bought for you. I mean, a lady told me that the father came from outside and bought her a watch, a golden watch. And he said, give it to my grandchildren when they grow, the first month. So if that grandchild grows up and they tell him that this is what grandpa bought for you even before you were born, he will cherish that watch above all other watches. Can I hear a big amen? Can I hear a big amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. I'm teaching. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8 to 12. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first. Now he that ascended, sorry, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. Look at the next verse. And he gave, say he gave. Who gave? 
who gave? Jesus. I and my father are one. So God. So he gave. Before he went to heaven in a bodily form, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some evangelists, some teachers. So your pastor is a gift from God to you. If you abuse your pastor, you have insulted God. This teaching will change your posture in church forever. Can I hear a big amen? Your pastor is a gift from God to you. If you love your pastor, you love God. If you abuse your pastor, you have insulted God. Because there are times somebody gives you a gift. And you look at the gift and it's like an insult. Hello, when your enemy gives you a gift, it's very dangerous. Praise God. Some of them can be very insultive. I mean, just imagine you, I mean, at this age and somebody brings you a used underwear as a gift. Ah! He didn't respect me at all. Who does he think she is? But most people treat their pastors like that. <laughs> I have heard church members talk to their pastors. Who does he think he is? Hey! So your pastor is a valuable gift to you. And your, is, he's a destiny key for you if you know how to handle him. Your pastor is a special gift in your life. Hello? He's a special gift from God to you. And you cannot be a Christian and not have a pastor. You cannot be a healthy Christian, a proper Christian, a child of God, and not have a man of God leading you. Your edification, your prosperity, your progress, your blessing, your prosperity, your well-being, Hinges around the gift God gives to you. Some of you, your cars are in my mouth. On Sunday, somebody walked to the office and told me she didn't come to give testimony. She said, Pastor, last month, one of the Sundays, when you're releasing the covenant blessing for the week, you said, God is changing somebody's job. The thing hit me, Pastor. I received it. Pastor, I've got a new job. I'm starting work on Monday. And the salary is three times what I used to receive. It meant that her new level was in my mouth. Another lady was, had been in the church. She has never worked before looking for a job for 
God knows how many years. I'm not so sure, but more than five years. She has never worked with her degree before. And every time she comes, I tell you, you are receiving a job. You are going to receive. This year will not end. You get your job. And I remember in November, one of the declarations I, re- I declared in the third week of November, because I wrote it down, is that somebody is in the building, you have never worked before, but by the end of the month, salary will pass through your account. I didn't get home on that Sunday evening. She said she has received a call from her friend that she should choose between being a temporary worker and a permanent worker. And I said, this one, you don't need to wash your face. <laughs> Some of you, your wedding, your marriage is in my mouth. <laughs> the mouth of your pastor is a world of blessing for you. Some of you, your house is in my mouth. Because I am a special gift God gave to you. Your pastor is a vessel of God. Through whom God reaches out to his people. Israel needed Moses. Moses didn't need Israel. Moses needed God and Israel needed Moses. So Israel's deliverance and captivity hinged around Moses and I will show you why you should appreciate love honor, respect your man of God because if Moses did not obey the call of God on his life, Israel would have been in captivity thought you'd be clapping your blessing is in this mouth And Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are lies. How you see your pastor can highly determine the outcome of your life. Do not take your pastor for granted, else you will never be granted access to your next level in life. There are many people in church who have missed their next level because they took their pastors for granted. James chapter 1 verse 17. It's a teaching so for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So, every good gift and every perfect gift is from God. And your pastor is a good gift to you. There are many gifts in your life. But one of the gifts you should treasure in your life is your pastor. If a sheep in the flock 
a sheep, a sheep in a flock. Does not treasure the shepherd. The sheep will be in trouble. Because the sheep does not know the way. Is the shepherd that knows the way. And if God gave you your pastor, you are not wiser than God. He knows that the way your destiny has been fabricated before time, this is the type of gift you need. Some of you, if you were not under this type of pastor, you will never serve in church. You will never, in the same Sunday, a guy entered the office. He said, Pastor, I just want to thank God for your life. Just this Sunday. He said, I have never been, I have never had a sense of commitment and a sense of dedication and a sense of responsibility to a church or to the things of God before until I stepped in Carrie's temple. My life has changed. The life of my family has changed. There are some pastors who cannot pastor you. And there are some pastors who can pastor you. Because the destiny of a man would be determined by who should lead the person. So the devil is always happy when church members fight their pastor. Because I will show you at the end that it is not to the disadvantage of the pastor, but it is more to your disadvantage. May you learn to appreciate your pastor and the leaders he, he delegates to play roles in the church. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. The gifts of God are good. God is a good God. And Jesus is a good shepherd. And therefore, any pastor that God gives you to pastor you, to lead you, to govern you, to care for you, that pastor is a good gift. God will give the pastor that suits your destiny and your character. Your pastor is the perfect leader. You need to travel the journey of life. I'll show you many things. I'm praying that I'll, I'll be able to get to that point. I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. It will change your life change your life. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. I, I, I told you the other day that sometimes all you need for your miracle is that you came to church and pastor shook you. Just shaking you. <laughs> Just he's shaking you. And when he shakes you something, you are blessed. You are blessed. Amen. But many members don't respect the words of their pastors except the words of guest pastors. It doesn't work like that. I'm coming there. 
If you develop a high regard for your pastor, you will go far in life. If you develop a very high regard for your pastor, you will see that you will have a sense of accountability to a human figure who is representing God in your life. Remember, he's a man of God. A pastor is equal to a man of God. A prophet is equal to a man of God. An apostle is equal to a man of. When you talk about of, you are talking about part. So a man part of God. So if you carry a high regard of, of, of your pastor, you will see that it will control your life. A wife who has a high regard of his pastor will make sure that she doesn't misbehave to the husband because the husband may bring her to the pastor. So you having a high regard for your pastor can even protect the integrity of your marriage. I thought you'd be clapping. The deliverance of Israel lied in the bosom of Moses. So they would have remained in captivity if Moses disobeyed the call. It is Moses. Eh? It is Moses that faces Pharaoh. Not Israel. No Israelite had the mandate and the audacity to go and face Pharaoh. It was Moses. There are some breakthroughs that will never come to you except your Moses leads you into that battle. It is time for us to have a high regard for our pastors and our leaders in the church. Give the Lord a mighty clap, offering. You see, when you have this in your mind, you will not misbehave towards your departmental leader. Because you will know that, hey, it's pastor that put the man there. So disobeying and disregarding and disrespecting that leader, you are automatically disregarding your pastor, whom you claim you hold in high esteem. Am I blessing somebody? God gave your pastor to you to do something in your life. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. And I will give you pastors according to my heart. So a pastor is a gift from the heart of God. Hey! The way when you are a lady is doing a wedding and the man puts the ring on the finger, they have a way they look at it. Oh, Lucy, what are you talking about? And now you are the latest. You reign out, we enter February. You need two ideas. Because from February, they back to back. The way they look at it. Today I was studying and I was in a study room and 
when I entered into the bedroom and I saw a suit that my wife had bought for me, I looked at it and said, wow. I'm sure I'll cherish that suit. I'll wear that suit for 10 years to come. I'll wear that. Yeah. My wedding suit, I wore it over six years. Then at one point, she said, if you don't give this suit up, me and you will fight. <laughs> so, a pastor is a gift from the heart of God to you. When you become saved, that is not the end. It's the same way when you get married. That is not, you are, you, when you get married, you are commissioned into a life of battles. When you become born again, you are commissioned into a life of battles, but assured of victory. But every battle has a captain and has a leader. And God in his own wisdom did not leave the church to be orphaned. He left pastors to take care of his people. Are you in the house? He said, we shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So what I'm doing now is I'm feeding you with an information that will stop you from being cursed. Because sometimes without this information, we open our mouth because maybe the pastor may be younger than you or the pastor may be poorer than you or the pastor's English is no good. The English is some way. The pastor may not be some. So you think that because you are in a bank or some high office in society, you want to talk anyhow to the pastor. But I came to tell you that the pastoral office is it's the highest calling a man can ever walk in. The pastor may be young, but he's operating with a grace that is over 2,000 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God knows why he didn't give you a 60-year-old pastor. Hmm. Because the way you have handled your father in the house, if God gives you a 60-year-old pastor now at your age, you in particular, when he talks, you don't listen. But you need some hard leader, young man, who is strict, passionate, and has no crooked ways. And who can look into your face and say, hey, you, watch your ways. <laughs> give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Your pastor is a gift from the heart of God. Handle and treat your pastor with honor, dignity, and respect. Three words. Honor, dignity, and respect. It is good to know what job description a pastor carries. And that will inform you of how to handle him. Hello? When you know the depth of work a man does, I mean, when you're the president, you know what it means to be the president of Ghana. You know his, his, his responsibility is so wide. Sometimes I think whether maybe they have to do something to the nation. Because I, I've been thinking, agri sector, energy sector, health sector, and you go to a national level, regional level, district level, uh, area level, assemblyman, this, this, that, this, this. Hey! So how are they able to coordinate all these activities? 
and you are the president sitting somewhere. Hmm. So it is alleged that sometimes those, oh, they've done some road here, but on paper it is done. But on ground, it is not done. But the president will think that it has been done. Their responsibility alone. So when you hear the president, huh, you ascribe a certain honor. It is also good for you to know the responsibilities of a pastor. Some people think that pastors just sleep and wake up. Oh, the thing is, I mean, just go and get some nice suits. <laughs> Look like some swagalistic man and come and know how to talk. No, you're a pastor. And the pastor just works on teaching service Friday and Sunday. It's a lie. A Nigerian man say, it's a lie. It's a lie. Pastoring is one of the hazardous occupations a man can pick upon himself. Because there is no time to start and there is no time to stop. You go to work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., some 2 p.m., but the pastor can be called on duty at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You can afford not to read any book in a year, but I cannot afford to read even one book in a month. It is, it is below the belt. Please, are you here? When you know the scope of work of the calling on your pastor, the little you can do to appreciate him, you will do it. Hmm. God has given your pastor the task of perfecting you in him. I have a task to perfect you, John. For you to fit into you are like a clay that has been put in my hands and there is a shape that God has predetermined and I'm talking about your destiny and God has entrusted you into my hands to use his word to mold you correct you perfect you to fit that is not a joke have you played that game before? The, the game the children have been playing. A certain picture and then they mix the whole box, box, box. And you have to. Charlie, sometimes you think you are finished. Then there is one be in the corner. How you will transport him to its right position? You may have to spoil the whole thing. I have been called to perfect you. To stop you from fornicating. To stop you from killing yourself. To stop you from giving up on your destiny. To stop you from going wayward. I have been called to handle you. And Jesus said, if you love me, I was talking to a pastor, Pastor Peter. If you love me, take care of you. Need, you know what it means to take care. Sometimes I look at my wife and I say, I thank God I'm not a woman. This kind of babysitting, you will never know when you can sleep well. Hmm. They don't sleep, oh. John. They don't sleep. Me too, when the babies cry, I don't wake up. And you don't wake me up. Because I may be having a vision. (laughs) 
Yeah, don't wake me up. I won't get up. <laughs> and when you wake me up and I get up, I'm going to prayer room. <laughs> Babysitting. You must love your wife for that. Because it is no joke. And ladies who are getting married, don't, don't, it is your responsibility. That is why God gave you Wumbo. Some husbands will wake up and tell that. As for me, I'll wake up. <laughs> I'll wake up. And I look at them. Small times you wake up. Small times I say, How are you managing? You wake up in the morning too. You do this, you prepare, you do this, you do this, you do this. And you are doing your PhD at the same time. I say, Hey, why? What, what kind of machine is in your body? Taking care of the child. A little carelessness. The child's life can be destroyed. I saw a picture of a child who, who got kerosene explosion. Baby, less than one year. The little carelessness. A member can be lost. And sometimes as a pastor, you are trying to call it. Today when you wake up, somebody's mind, somebody's on your mind. You are praying, praying, praying. I have to call her. I to, before you realize, you forgot. Because another issue will come. So we say, somebody should be a shepherd. Somebody should be a leader. And then when they give you a shepherd, when the shepherd is calling you, then you cut it. You have cut your pastor's call. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, your pastor must cause you to do the work of the ministry. Some of you, had it not been for this church, you might never have robed in the choir. You go, I mean, I, I, I was talking to somebody. He said, I mean, he went to the church. He was in a big church. They were not using him. He wanted to sing. I said, because you are not good for them. So that small church you are in, keep quiet and serve well. Because it's a privilege for you. Because, oh, was that sorry, Nanka? You will never sing. So the pastor that gave you the opportunity to play the organ in the presence of God, you must honor him. The Lord, the mighty clap offering. But you know, some churches you can't play on. You don't give, you won't get. I mean, you know that you won't get. <laughs> so, when a man of God gives you an opportunity to serve, it's the greatest privilege, blessing that has been given to you. You will clap again. Immediately you accepted Christ into your life, you became a saint. And you saw for the perfecting of the saints. So God gave pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I am now very careful about people who join church and start blackmailing another pastor to me. I will be watching you. 
I'll be watching and I'll mark you wrong. You won't last in the church. Because the same way you are denigrating somebody, that's the same way you will pick me and go and whitewash me somewhere. The role of a pastor is very hazardous. You don't know what goes on in the body of a pastor to, to come and stand. There have been two or three occasions I've read where pastors died behind the pulpit. I know of one, he was preaching, preaching. He was supposed to go and do a surgery and he, something happened. His guest pastor did not come. He had a guest to come and preach for him so he can fly quickly and change something. They have to change a blocker so that the blood will not go to wrong places. And he risked to preach because the calling is like a come. Oh, come you. When you are not even well and you hold the mic, something will come because there's a demand. And when you finish and you have left the mic, hi yeah 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 So whilst he was preaching, he fell dead. Not that I made some of you preach. Miracle Pastor, my ribs fall How you demand it? The pastor isn't perfect in the flesh. But he is the perfect gift God gave to you to perfect you in him. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. So you see, the pastor comes under an obligation to fight for him to become blameless. And because he becomes an example for many. Hmm. Yes, you become an example for many. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. I didn't hear you. Can you do second sheet out of seven? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. So your pastor should be able to correct you. Michael. Yes. And pastor called me and he just he just spoken it out to me. I mean, who does he think he is? He has the right to correct you. And correction can come in any form. Hello. Hmm. Can come in any form. Some will come very nice. Oh, this is, depending on the type of person you are dealing with, your strategy will change. Hello. But it's for correction, it's for rebuke, for instruction. In righteousness, move on. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, the man of God must finish himself. He must prepare. He must prepare. If I don't prepare, I'll come and stand here. I'll be saying things just for you to laugh, laugh. Let's share the grace. But this, I'm teaching you something that is restructuring your mind towards the things of God. The pastor has a high tax of living a blameless life before God and the people. 
When you become saved, it's like a house that has been cleaned. The house is empty. Because you become what? A new what? A new what? Creature. So it's like a house that has been cleaned. The pastor is the one God will use to help you to fill the house. The pastor is the one God will anoint to help you to fill the house. He said, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established. Who will bring the understanding to you? How does an understanding come? Through teaching, through instructions, through explanations. Then you see, understanding comes to you and by knowledge, its rooms are filled with the treasures of this earth. God will always use a man and that man critically in your life is your pastor. Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. If I am the carpenter to come and fix your door, there are certain things in your life a pastor is like a carpenter a pastor is a saint one so if I am coming to fix your door and you don't permit me how do I fix your door you are drinking you don't want me to talk about drinking you are backsliding. You don't want pastor to preach. And somebody has going to do concern about me. It is a blessing that your best friend came to do concern about you because he's seen that you are backsliding. And pastor prepares a message for you. You should thank him. When we close, just go to your pastor. Thank you. Thank you for preaching this. It's about me. I know. I have changed. <laughs> so that pastor will not do series. Sometimes it is because of you that pastor is doing series. <laughs> oh my God. Most of us don't realize the depth and wideness of the work of the ministry of God. Ministry is hard work. Because you are dealing with people you don't know from Adam. We don't do application to join church. Eh? Did, did, did we tell you to apply to join? We don't even know where you are coming from. <laughs> you, you just came. Oh, pastor, I want to join the church. Eh, where? I don't even know whether you are an, an, an assassin planted for the next 12 years. And when I trust you and I put my head on your laps, you treat me like... <laughs> Pastoring is a hard work. And no pastor is complaining. We love our work. But there is a key that you need to handle in order to benefit from the oil that is upon the head of Aaron running down his beard. If, 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 you, don't, if you don't appreciate the gift God gave to you, the oil will never flow to you. There are people in the church who are being blessed. And there are people in the church who are at the same place. Why? Because some have decided to connect and appreciate and love their pastor. And some too. I told somebody in Ghana, it'd be like every member has 10 pastors. So, 
Because I've been in places where one, one person over three people are called, oh, this is my daughter, this is my daughter, this is my daughter. I say, hey, yeah. So even if I know the person, I say, do you know? Oh, <laughs> I've seen him around. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen him around the church. <laughs> because I don't want to be commonized. Hey, this is my son, this is my son, this is my son. This... How many sons? How many daughters? And sometimes that one, they say it to just make them happy. Because it takes a lot of things to become a father. To call somebody a father. Hey! It's serious matter. To call me a father, I say, okay, then we are doing teaching them to 12 a.m. Sons and daughters will remain. Church members will go. I thought you would clap. It, it, it is not, it is not a funnel. Then you call somebody my father. My father. Hey! You call my father. Okay. Teaching service, you are closing at 12, 12 midnight. Lock it on. Me preach the man who fell down and died in church. Church members. Oh, no, I, have, I have some busy shadow. That's a church member. Hallelujah. Some people think pastors sit down and sleep. They don't do it. They are just watching television. You don't have an idea the emotional pressure. I'm telling you the scope of pastoring so that you appreciate the pastor. You don't know the idea, the scope of emotional pressure. It doesn't stop. It's unending. It's, I don't know how to explain, but you, you hear this person is sick. By the time you are halfway through, you get the call, hey, this person, the child. I remember in that week when we were praying for this one, there's somebody coming. The, the, the child is getting convulsion. Hey, they've taken him to hospital. They, 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 they are going to call pastor. So the pastor is a carpenter, he's a doctor, he's a lawyer, he's an architect, he's a painter, he's a plumber. Pastor, their house is full of water. Call the plumber. Call the plumber. Pastor, the wind has blown the roof away. Please. Call your contractor. Your pastor did not come and roof your building for you. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. <laughs> Every pastor feels the wounds of each sheep in the church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. Every high priest is touched with the feeling of the infirmities of his people. I am not, no pastor is happy when he sees people who are due to marry and they are not married. People who are married and they are not having children. People are finished school and they are not getting job. People are finished uh, uh, SS and they are dropped out. No pastor is happy seeing such things. The, there's a burden to turn the person's life around. And that is, it comes with emotional pressure. Are you, are you, are you, are you here? And so why should you why should you disrespect this same person who is praying for your breakthrough? Are you, are you understanding me? We must appreciate our pastors who have been there for us all through the year. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17. This one there, there's no way I'll finish. Hebrews 13 17. 
Obey them that have the rule over you. Your pastor has rule over you. In your pastor is a ruler. In your pastor is a pastor. In your pastor is a leader. In your pastor is a preacher. In your pastor is a prophet. In your pastor is a ruler. He rules. <laughs> and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give account of you. I told you, one day God is going to ask me, Oh, Pastor Prince, how did Emmanuel behave in the church? How did he handle the ministry you handed over to him? What do you think I should do to him? When you are rendering an account, that is it. When you are a departmental head in the company, I am a departmental head in church. God is the CEO. You are my subordinate. So if I'm giving an account, it's like appraiser. So at the end, Pastor Prince, what do you think that I should do to Michael? I'm not the one. Look, he said, for they watch for your soul as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. I'm sure some of you have never read this scripture before. You have never. A pastor who isn't appreciated may be grieving in himself whilst he's going around performing the duty of a pastor. So many pastors are sick. Many die on the job. Many are depressed. Many have BP, heart problem, high blood pressure. Wow. Oh, you go. They have BP cars. BP cars. The hazard of the work. Because if you ask Bishop Dakamia, can you be sleeping? Maybe I'm in boom. Maybe me too. The PI are in the graphic. And yet you see him and he's going. He said, Man of God, life, papa, papa, title. Hey, forget about the title and look at the work. Look at their work on ground. Some have the title. Hey, look at the person. <laughs> See, when somebody calls me Papa, I feel very sad. Because <laughs> the Papa I know. <laughs> Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. be the reason why your pastor regrets pastoring a church. I've never regretted though. Never. But don't be the reason why your pastor will regret being a pastor. There are many people in, in US, many, the rate at which pastors are resigning, they stop pastoring and they go and work. <laughs> they just stop and go and work. I was telling Samuel Wenwek, I said, if God has not called you as a pastor, don't go and do church. Hmm. Hallelujah. 
Every pastor deserves to serve the church with a joyful heart and a joyful spirit. Rebellion from church members brings grief to the pastor. You hear, ah, is that not the lady I blessed her marriage? Is that not that same person we did this for? Ah, he did this. Oh, he said they should do it with joy and not with grief. When your pastor is laying hands on you, he should do it with joy, not with grief. Take it, break your leg, <laughs> receive it. <laughs> Even the rebellious stubborn son in the end, he did. Take it. Take it. You see that the good woman they come in the name of Jesus, receive it. Oba, Panombra, Osha. And Osha will bring him to the left. No, bring, bring, bring him to the right. Take it. <laughs> May you not receive such impartation from me. It is unprofitable for us to make pastors labor in grief. Because of time, because of time, and I don't want to go back to this. How do I show appreciation to my pastor? Wow. How do I show appreciation to my pastor? Number one. One of the reasons why you need to connect well with your pastor is because battles, because of the battles of life you will face. Because of the battles of life you will face. We are looking at Exodus chapter 7, verse 8 to 13. So we are playing around this for this 10 minutes and we are off. So one of the reasons why you must honor, appreciate, and um, respect your pastor is that you are going to face battles in your life. And the Lord spoke unto Moses. Exodus chapter 17 verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. So Amalek came against Israel. There are some battles you are going to fight and then you will need your pastor. Number two, you take instructions from your pastor. So this is how you appreciate your pastor. Number one, you appreciate your pastor because you are going to face battles in life. Because the person you don't appreciate, maybe the time you need him, he will not show up. Number two, you appreciate your pastor by taking instructions from him. The next verse, verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hands. So move to the next verse. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him. So Joshua took the instruction from who? His pastor Moses. So if you say you appreciate your pastor, you must take instructions from your pastor. 
When you don't take instructions from your pastor, you won't enjoy the grace God has put upon his life. Will you listen to your pastor and you're going to marry somebody and your pastor says, no, he doesn't think this person is okay. Pastor, me, 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 me. No, no, no. We, 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 we love each other. We, we, we are deep in love. We, Pastor, we, where we have gotten to is a dead end. We will create a way. If it's a dead end, I will use chisel. I will chisel it. You will find another way to go. <laughs> it's not a dead end. Because you don't have the capacity to create another way. I have. I will crack it. Then you pass through. Take instructions. Number three. Humble yourself under the leadership of your pastor. That is appreciation. Before you think about money, these are the things. It's not the money. You can bring the money and insult your pastor at home. <laughs> but you must know, number one, that there are battles you are going to face. Number two, you take instructions from Moses, your pastor. Number three, you humble yourself under his leadership. Sometimes you give people certain roles in the church. And then they think that they are wiser than the pastor. Yes, wisdom is not in the bosom of one man. But you need to humble yourself under leadership. It will show in your submission. It will show in your contribution. It will show in your service. It will show in your posture. Let's go to Exodus, the same place. Exodus chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. Let's read it again. 9 to 10. And Moses said unto Joshua... Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of it. When he was giving Joshua the instruction, I believe Joshua's house was behind him. And Joshua didn't say, Oh, but Pastor, pa, this strategy it won't work. It won't work. How can we go and you are on the mountain? No, 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 no. I think that per my economics and expertise, you know, we all have to be there. No, no, no. Joshua just... <laughs> he humbled himself and submitted to the wisdom of Moses. This is here. So your leader in your department said, today we are singing this song. I don't think that is the correct song. I mean, every day we are doing this song. Uh, today, Michael is leading a song. Every day, Michael is leading. Every day, when will I also lead? The day they give you the mic, go back and say, you're cool, spirit. Go back to your spirit. Spirit, you're fast, you're Come and when Elisha could not hear from God. He asked for ministry to help him hear from God. Elisha is hearing from God. You have come to sing and quench. <laughs> because you are not submitting to the leadership of your departmental head. You are causing chaos. Chaos. Let's show this dress. Me, I also. It's too expensive. 
don't show, it's too expensive. We talk credit, my girlfriend, every month, calculate AI. That money could have shown that. Joshua didn't challenge the command of Moses. No, 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 we are, we are not going into battle tomorrow. We are going now, now, now. No. The Bible said in the verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses had said to him. You can't criticize an oil and benefit from the grace of that oil. Are you in church? I'm helping you. So that when I'm prophesying, take it in the name of When you say I receive it, it should work for you. But you can't denigrate an oil and expect the oil to speak for you. It will not. Exhortation comes to the humble. James 4.10. James 4.10. Exhortation comes to the humble. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. He shall lift you up. Exhortation comes to those who are humble. Humble yourself under leadership. Humble yourself. That is appreciation. That is, you see, you are practicalizing what you are. Oh, me, I appreciate my pastor. These are the things you should do. Humble yourself under his leadership. The oil you submit to will define your life. The oil you submit to will define your destiny. Look at John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him, to them he gave them power. So if they did not receive him, they will not get the power. If you don't receive your pastor, you will not benefit from the power of God that God has put upon him. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Number four, I'm wrapping up. Acknowledge the grace on your pastor. Acknowledge the grace on your pastor. Exodus chapter 17 verse 10. Acknowledge. So if you appreciate your pastor, number one, what do you do? You must remember there are battles to fight. Number two, you take instructions. Number three, you humble yourself under his leadership. And number four, what do you do? You acknowledge the grace upon his life. So Joshua did as Moses has said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses, Aaron and Hugh went up to the top of the hill. Who and who went to the top? Oh, talk to me. Who and who? <laughs> Give the Lord a mighty clap of it. Aaron and Hugh, or her. Some people say her, some say who. I will use Hugh. So, I don't know how the school I went here, we are good with math and science. Aaron and Hugh were able to go to the hilltop because Moses was going. And Moses had told Joshua that you gather the men and go and fight with the Amalek. But I will go on the hill with the rod of God in my hands. Aaron and Hugh and Moses, who was more important on the hill. Moses. We are all children of God. 
But hey, we are not all in the pastoral office. I know you can speak in tongues. Graduate tongues. But your grace mate is not your pastor. I know you see visions. Hey, pastor, I saw a vision. When I came, I landed in Lebanon. After seeing it, I went to Saudi Arabia. And when I was coming, I rode on three horses. My leg was on one, the other one. Hey, no, but wait. They went on the hill together. But the rod was in the hands of Moses. You can lay hands on people to fall. But the rod is in the hands of Moses. They went on the hill together. But the rod was in the hands of Moses. So Hugh and Aaron, it was the greatest privilege for them. That for once... Where Moses went, they had the chance to go there. You must acknowledge that, hey, hey, we are all in church. We are all seven. But there is a man in the house, God has set, who is above. Who is a ruler? Who is a leader? Who is a pastor? Your pastor determines your pasture. Your prophet, they say, is your prophet. I pray that you will learn to acknowledge the grace on your pastor. Give the Lord a mighty clap of me. A pastor is given to a people. From Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15. And I will give you. So a pastor is given to a people. So it's the people that need the pastor. <laughs> Not the pastor needing the people. Because if you don't like me, I can land in any place and another people will come to me. Are you here? You write to head of no, you don't like pastor, praise again. They'll bring somebody. I'll go to anywhere. <laughs> it's the man that builds the house. Not the house that builds the man. Is the oil on the man that builds the house? Move Genova here from where he is to Kumasi. What God did in Accra, he will do it in Kumasi. Is the man that builds the house? Is the leaders that determine the state of a nation, not the people? Leaders. Nobody in the church is more important than the pastor. Nobody in the church is more important than the pastor. That is why sometimes the pastor can ask you to relieve you of your duty. But he has the mandate to raise the church. And look, the respect you give to the pastor must be reciprocated on his wife and his children. Why? Because when Abimelech made a mistake to touch the wife of Sarah, hey, God was going to kill him all. God was going to kill him all because the anointing on Abraham was also on Sarah. You can't respect your pastor and disrespect his wife. It's a zero equation. Give the Lord a mighty clap. Number five. 
Your testimonies are a product of the anointing on your pastor. You must acknowledge that the, all the testimonies that is John, all the testimonies you are enjoying is as a result of the anointing your pastor is using to pastor you. Hmm. I'll show you. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand. Please, are you following me? This is the last but one point. There we go. When Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. Not when Joshua was being swift, but when Moses held up his hand, his hand was not empty. There was a rod. The rod of God. So whilst his hands were up, Israel was prevailing, but when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. So though Joshua and the team were fighting very vigorously because the hand of Moses was down, their effort was being wasted. So once they prevail, it was an indication that Moses' hand was up. Every testimony you received in your life, it is connected to the anointing that is operating on your pastor. You are working hard, but I'm telling you that all the promotions, all the advancements, all the good things that is coming in your life, it is determined by the activity of your pastor. Because Moses' hands will go down, they lose. It goes up, they win. It's the activity of Moses that was determined their victory. The preaching. You have been hearing the whole year. The teachings, the prayers, the anointings, the prophecies. That is what has brought you to this far. And if you appreciate the vessel that God used, that means next year you'll be better than the way you are this year. It is the activity of the pastor that will determine your testimony. And some people hide their testimony from their pastor because they think the pastor will come and ask them for money. No. When the woman got the breakthrough after meeting the prophet and the oil was multiplying and the business was becoming big and she was selling and getting money, the Bible says she returned to the prophet. Say, prophet, this is what I said. The prophet said, hey, go and sell on the oil. Pay your debt. And the families will live on it. A Ghanaian businessman. Hmm. You say, oh God, I got a breakthrough. He will never tell you how much. Because when he tells you how much, you calculate the time. See, you know what you must do now. So the Lord has been good. How good? Remember, it's the activity. Moses had. Remember one time Jesus was in a boat with his disciples. I believe Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, going. And the storms were coming. Jesus was sleeping. The storm was still there. I'm sure they were trying, by all means, they were trying to fetch the water 
out of the booth. But the more they did, the storm was becoming more templars. So they had to go and wake Jesus up. When he woke up, his faith was not equal to their faith. The faith in your pastor is bigger than that which is in you. So when he woke up, he said, you men of little faith, he looked at the wind and rebuked it. There are some winds you will bind and bind and bind. Your pastor will come and stand there and say, in the name of Jesus, you devil, lose your hold. And it is done. of time. Remember that the people in the boat were all apostles. Peter, James, and John, they were apostles. But the apostle doesn't catch their pastor Jesus's apostolates. <laughs> Apostleship of Jesus was higher than the apostles. If we can appreciate and honor the words of your pastor, your pastor meets you and says, hey, Iman, how are you? It's a blessing. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor. Pastor, nah, nah. How are you? Have you eaten? Mm, you are talking to your classmates. Have you eaten? The last point, because of time. You appreciate your pastor by supporting him in the ministry. Supporting him. So the next verse, I'm closing. The next verse. If you have been blessed, give the Lord a mighty clap of faith. I just don't want to do a part two. side and the other on the other side and his hands were steady until the going down. So the hand. So look at what they did. Number one the, number six I, I, I said support him in the ministry. The work of the ministry is heavy. He becomes weary. Sometimes we become weary. Talking to a pastor who has lost three members in six months. So depressed. One lost three members in two months. Sometimes you come to church and instead of preaching to people, you are preaching to chairs. Sometimes you need money to buy a land, to start a project. Sometimes you see the school fees of people. The finances are weak to support. See, this person, you can see a lady, she's just messing up because there's no money. Headache. Internal pressure, external pressure. You put your signboard there, somebody has gone to remove it. <laughs> you book a, a venue for a program 
another pastor passed behind you going to book the same place. <laughs> and the person doubles the place. Pressure. So Moses was wary. <laughs> he was anointed, but he was wary. So what were they going to do? They made Moses comfortable. They stood whilst they brought a stone, a seat, for Moses to sit down. That is a posture of honor. When you see somebody sitting, so when the king is in seat, the people are standing. Honor. They restored the strength of Moses by honor. They said, Moses, sit down. We will stand. We will give you seat, but we will stand. Will you be ready to give your car to your pastor to drive as you walk? Because you want to make him comfortable for the ministry. That was what they did. They could have also sat down. But they knew the value of Moses. His hands up, we are winning. His hands down, we are losing. Say, Papa, take a seat. Sit down. Be comfortable. Somebody can just say, Pastor, stop working and come. We'll pay you every month. I'll, not the church. I will pay you. Come. I'll come. But don't ask me how much I want. <laughs> Somebody in there, my wife, asked me, she's traveling, so uh, what do I think I want? Something, something, something. So I should just, I should say anything. So I want iPhone X. She was said, Yes. Not the economic one, the XI. So don't come and ask me, Pastor. So, how much will we pay you that you come from there? I'll give you an idea $5,000. But you see, I'm trying to tell you that. When Moses became comfortable. Oh, Moses had a chair. But Aaron and you did not have a chair. And the person is driving car and the people are not having. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Moses must be comfortable. Because it was in his hands that the rod is. If your pastor is comfortable, honest, respected, things will work for you. If all of you are stressed up, including your pastor, at least you'll be stressed out and let your pastor's hand still have the rod up. Your stress will be turned into your victory. Then after going through all this, then in the last point, seven, you give to your pastor. You give to your if we have ministered to you spiritual things, is it a sin that you minister to us in carnal things? So you 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 but you see if I start talking about that one, you will not understand. But as you've gone through the other six, the seventh one, you have to behave like the scripture said, and these people they they, they worship me with their lips and their hearts are far away from. We must back our words with works. Give to your pastor. Give to your pastor. 
It's a blessing. You are keen into it. Keen into it. It's honorable. Father's Day. Pastor's appreciation. Pastor's birthday. Christmas. New Year. Do that. It's a blessing. It's a powerful blessing. Your life will change. When you honor, honor begets honor. When you honor, you'll be honored. When you respect, you'll be respected. Oil will flow. You are connecting. You are connecting to the grace. Rise up on your feet. Lift your two hands and pray to God for one minute. Brother Ben, Shabu, Ah.